All right, guys. Uh, welcome to the Speakers and Screen podcast. Screen podcast. Welcome to the Speakers and Screens podcast, where we talk about uh, music, games, TV, and uh, another thing. We're not doing it again. We're just going to roll with this. <laughs> Today, I am with... I'll just it real quick. I'm coming right back. Say hello, everybody. Say, say hello, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck, fuck. We're, we're doing this again. This, this is terrible. Wait for me, but I still have feet. Wait for me, wait for me. That, that was that was an Austin level bad intro, right there. See what it is? See what it is? Is I'm kind of nervous because I have no fucking idea what we're gonna talk about. Usually I prepare way more than this. Welcome to the Speakers and Screens podcast. I am here with Robbie. Say hello to the fine people, Robbie. Anyang. Anyang. And Mark, who uh, joins us for the first time on the new blog. Yes, hello. I haven't been... It's been a long time since I've podcasted, so... Yeah, and you were so great on those old ones, so you have a lot to live up to. Yeah. (laughs) That almost sounds like sarcasm. It is a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It probably was. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree. It's fine. We're, we're, all, we're also eloquent. I mean, there's, there's no standard. <laughs> okay, so, we, so this is the first of our monthly podcast. Uh, we kind of do these uh, topic podcasts. Uh, I did, we've, I've done a couple with Alex about gaming, and there was a Deaf Heaven one. And, Robbie, you did one with TJ about movies. And there was another yeah. one uh, that I can't remember at this uh, moment. But anyway, yeah. th- those will kind of supplement our monthly podcast, which will usually be more than three people, I hope, where we'll just kind of talk about everything and go for way too long. It'll be a lot like the old podcast. Except, yeah, yeah, it'll be the same. <laughs> Maybe a bit more organized. Probably not. But Probably not. Probably, probably not. I mean, usually what happened when we did those old podcasts is we would start, what are you listening to? And what are you listening to take two hours? 
and then they that, would just end. <laughs> that became the podcast, pretty much. Unless Josh was on, in which case he would just do like psychological uh, analysis, <laughs> analysis on all of us. Yeah. <laughs> which was always fun. We gotta get Josh back on here. We do have to get him back on. That would be great. It always Fuck was. The soap meal. <laughs> so many that's, great. That's a, that's a callback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how'd your how'd your talk with TJ go yesterday, Robbie? Um, it went rather nicely. Yeah, we talked about our favorite movies Sweet. of 2012 so far, 2013 so far, because we we both watch a lot of them and you know keep accurate count of them and we also talked about the blockbusters that have been released this year and how they're pretty terrible oh are they i i don't really watch movies like i I saw this is the end yesterday and that's the first time i've been to the movies since uh that's my boy You are you serious? <laughs> I am one hundred percent serious. <laughs> you went to see that no. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I was in Canada actually. I had some time to kill. I actually talked about this on the podcast like a year, year. ago. Oh, so this is literally like a year ago. It's <laughs> over a year. No, you know I remember You know what? I saw the Dark Knight Rises too. Yeah, th- that was after that's my boy. Was that's my yeah, boy it was, was it was after. Okay. Okay, but like why? I did not I did not stay to the end of that <laughs> you didn't you just walked out I, I was with my sister in canada and we literally talked about this on the podcast like a like a year ago so i won't go too long but well you know what that was a different podcast so fuck that we we just but, wanted to we just wanted to kill some time and have you ever been in a movie theater and you're just horrified by the reaction to the jokes <laughs> somebody somebody gets a nut somebody gets a nut shot and like people laugh way harder at that than the actual funny thing. Okay, okay. Look, I I saw this too on Father's Day last year because my dad really wanted to see it, and he was one of the people that laughed his laughed his ass off. <laughs> but one of the things that I just love that one of the things that I could not help but laugh at in this movie in that movie is that it starts with this you know fat black stripper who obviously is you know the point of humor just because she's fat and black. Um, but she's hanging upside down on a pole and eating bacon and eggs. And for some reason that, that just appeals to me as yeah. funny. Well, breakfast is the most important uh, meal of the day. Uh, do you want to talk more about the bacon and eggs oh. thing? Or do you want to just move on? <laughs> bacon and um, eggs. What the hell did I miss? <laughs> I also thought vanilla ice kind of was, yeah, he was working at twerking it. Twerking it. Twerking it. How twerking. long was I gone? Long time. Like two hours. Evidently. Yeah. Yeah. And they're talking about bacon and eggs. <laughs> All right, so I guess I guess let's get right into music. What do you guys say? <laughs> let's do it. Anything to keep me from talking about that's my boy. You know, I'm fine with. <laughs> The niggas lame and you know it now When a real nigga hold you down You supposed to drown Bam Bam Uh-huh 
What you doing in the club on a Thursday? All right, so Yeezus, the new Kanye, the the new Kanye West album, something I have looked forward to, like an ungodly Kanye superfan would. Uh, how are you guys on Kanye? Are you big Kanye fans, or am I alone in this? I love I love two Kanye albums. Well, three. I love Late Registration, which is probably his best album. It is his best I, album. Fuck opinions. I I love My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, even though I don't think it's perfect or amazing or the best thing since music. And The College Dropout, I like. The rest of them, including Yeezus, I got some fucks, I got some fucks with. <laughs> I, I, just, I just ruined that, didn't I? It's fine. Don't worry about it. I got some issues with. Well, 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 we don't want to talk about Kanye's discography as a whole, but what about you, Mark? Yeah. How do you feel about Kanye? Um, I'm probably not as big a Kanye fan as either one of you. I mean, I've listened to all of his stuff, and uh, I don't know. It, it's just you not something I listen to that often. You don't recognize that he is, in fact, a god, right? Well. I mean, track three, motherfucker, track three. Yeah, I mean. God is... God is Justin Vernon, though, right? No, I'm pretty sure when he <laughs> says featuring God, he's talking about himself. See, I differ <laughs> between you guys, because when Kanye West says, I am a God, I believe him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> with the exception with the exception of... Uh, of uh, graduation, I think all of his albums are fucking dope, <laughs> including 808s and Heartbreak, which a lot of people just don't fuck with because of the auto tune. That has some really good songwriting on a few tracks, though. I'm willing, even though I don't think the album works as a whole, there's some really good songwriting in a couple spots. The thing about that album for me is that you just kind of have to shut your brain off a little bit because it's so <laughs> it's so incredibly cheesy, and I don't deny that. <laughs> But the fact that nobody nobody is really making like down tempo R and B hip hop like that, it, it just really brings the album up for me. It's a it's a unique sound for a mainstream uh, a mainstream dude like Kanye to actually try to undertake. As is Jesus probably. And I, I think eight oh eight was important for him because he started actually singing on his songs after eight oh eights. Both on My Beautiful Dark Fantasy and Jesus. Even though he fully admits to not being a good singer and keeps doing it on every record. And I like it. <laughs> I like I like the way he uses autotune. No, not the way he uses autotune, the way he sings. Oh, he's he's bad at singing, there's no doubt. Did you see <laughs> yeah. Co- did you see Coachella last year where uh he did Runaway with no vocal effects? Oh, 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 no I didn't. That's that sounds that sounds horrific. It was surprisingly great, but I have this I have this complex with Kanye. Literally anything he does, I cannot criticize it because he is my god. More of your god than Frank Black. He's a different god. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> what the fuck? God adores multiple gods. I'm a polytheist when it comes to musical gods. All right, which which, which brings us to Jesus. <sighs> Which kind of came out of nowhere. He just kind of he tweeted he tweeted the release date one day. What was it? June twenty? No, it couldn't have been June twenty eighth because it's already out. 
Oh. It was yeah, like less was than like, a month. It was less than a month yeah. before it came out. And that seems to be happening more often. Like the new Arcade Fire album supposed to be coming, and Jay Z. Jay Z too. Yeah. That's like less than a month from now, is it? And don't uh, don't Samsung Galaxy owners get it first or something? <laughs> what? Didn't Samsung? I'm pretty sure Samsung bought a million copies of the new KZ record. Man, it's out July 4th. Wow. Via Samsung Galaxy app. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know that like release patterns for albums are changing. And in some ways, changing for the good. That is not one of those ways. <laughs> Via a fucking phone app. That's like something out of, I don't know, a Saturday Night Live skit. Or when you're like, it's just stupid when you're only releasing it to like a sub of the population. No, he's releasing it normally too. Well, yeah, I, I know that. I know yeah. he's going to. I, I don't know if it comes out normally after or Pro- I, yeah, I, I think it comes out like a week later for everyone else. Oh, what do you do a week after a whole week? Yeah, if we talk about Jay Z anymore, I, I'm going to have a brain hemorrhage. So <laughs> let's just move on. It's just you know having your album come out on one <clears throat> specific type of phone via a corporation buying a million of your a million <laughs> of them. That's just the most hip-hop thing I've ever heard. That stands for everything that Jay-Z stands for as a young kid growing up in Brooklyn. <laughs> and, on, and on Independence Day. Isn't that a yeah. little self-centered? Yeah, Independence. here. It's Independence Day. Here, let's all celebrate the, the wonderful uh, world of capitalism. Okay, so Jesus, we can't keep putting this up. <laughs> what do you guys... Jesus! Who wants Jesus. to start? Who, what do you guys think of Jesus? I'll start. Okay. It is quite perhaps the most abrasive and lyrically complex hip-hop album I have ever heard. I I know you're being sarcastic right now, and I don't appreciate your tone. What is this sarcastic? Tell us how you really feel, Robbie. I, I think it's a decent album. I mean, uh, some of the... Most, most of the production is really good. I can't... I really can't beat on a lot of it. I mean... Black Skinhead, eh. But the rest of the production, especially on songs like New Slaves and, oh my god, Bound 2, that's the best beat on the whole tape. The whole album, I mean. <clears throat> yeah, uh, the thing about the thing about Black Skinhead's beat is uh, that part where the, where the beat drops out is, like, so clumsy. What the... That, no, there's that like part? drums and then there's silence for like a second. Oh. Uh. Well, that, well, that part that I just did is actually my favorite part of the whole beat. <laughs> just the... Something about that I like. Yeah, yeah, that. I like um, that song, but my, my real problem with it is just how... how how uh, less energetic it is than yeah, what he did on SNL. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he was like yelling at the yeah. SNL version, and it just sounds weird on on the recorded version. I, I don't know, but you know the production. Uh, most most of it I can totally fuck with. Uh, it it almost saves for the fact it it, it 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 almost saves the album, but then there's also the fact that the lyrics are complete ass. So that's 
That's a problem. Well, I would contend that Kanye's never really been a, a great I, lyricist. No, but the, this is kind of a new level of. You think they're you think they're insultingly bad instead of just bad. I think Lil Wayne comes up with better punchlines eh. than Kanye does on this album. Well, you know, coming on sinks and all that stuff. Daft Punk is one of his big uh, contributors on this album. That was on Black Skinhead, I think. Yeah. No, I thought they just no like the first the first the first three or four tracks. It's the first three. Oh, it was. No, it's the first three songs and Send It Up. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. Oh. Isn't Send It Up like the worst song on the album though? It's it's grown on me, but it yeah I've I've that's most people seem to agree that that's the worst song on the album. Oh no 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 the worst song on the album is like the one before, Guilt Trip. Oh god that was that was that was nasty. I don't know. Send it up has that we can send this bitch up it can't go down hook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And oh oh my god put my fist in her like a civil rights sign. <laughs> the black movement, the civil rights movement, gone. I just... Kanye killed it. I don't know what it is about Kanye, but it's always been way more about production for me. Like, How do you excuse something like that? I, I don't, but... <laughs> yes, you do. You're right, because I, I do... All you are I is excusing the, it. I do love the album. There's no, there's no denying that. But I, I, I will admit to diminishing returns if you actually pay attention to what the fuck he's saying. Because most of the time it's fucking nonsense. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. It's just, I'm sort of with Kyle in just that I don't care. Yeah. All that much. Because it's Kanye, and I just, I, I love watching the train wreck. <laughs> at first, uh, I have to admit, at first, I was sort of with you. I, I wasn't loving it as much as you, but like... I didn't care about the lyrics. The more I, I actually, the more I distanced it, I, but the more I distanced myself from the album. I mean, I haven't listened to it in like a week, like or a week and a half. And the more I look at it from the outside, I realize how much I actually don't like it. Speaking you know, of, I don't just, like. I, oh. One of the one of the <laughs> things about this album that I really enjoyed. Is that he made uh, Chief Keef kind of palatable in a way? No, he made Chief Keef use auto tune, and he made that sound good, which I is mean, which is crazy. I, yeah, I I should I should I should probably surrender all criticism for this <laughs> album just because he made me tolerate Chief. that kind of thing. We all kind of knew that there was no way he was going to give Chief Keef like a verse or anything. He was probably. <laughs> Could you imagine if Chief Keef got a verse on the Kanye album? Like, well, good God. Well, well, he only gives verses to rappers. Some of the other things I want to talk about on this album. What do you guys think about uh, the end of New Slaves? Where he kind of does that, that singing part. To me, that's the, most, that's the most soulful and beautiful part on this record. It's the only, it's the only real part that I take it 100% seriously. I, I could agree with that. I, I, I like that part. It's a, it's a, not, comes out of pretty much out of left field. Based I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I, a new slaves is my favorite track on the album, as, along with Bound Two. But I, I have no, no idea what the fuck you're talking about. 
well, there's a, there's a main part of the song, and then the beat I, totally changes, and then Kanye starts thinking, like, like weird. What does he say? Like we are not the same or something. I'm not I don't looking know. at the lyrics at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Really, oh. it's like a minute of the song, man. You don't remember? <laughs> it is. It's like the last. Uh, I remember the. I remember there being a part at the end. I do, I don't remember what that part is. <laughs> That's what he's talking about. I'm just more. I, I mean, I think a couple times when I listened to it, I was just like, okay, when when is the Death Grips rip off electronics going to come back in? What? <laughs> I I don't think this album really rips off Death Grips. No, no, no I, I I was just pushing your buttons. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I still don't I still don't I still don't believe for a second that Kanye has even listened to Death Grips. Probably not. I think when everyone heard <laughs> everyone everyone heard Black Skinhead and New Slaves as these kind of like really charged angry songs, especially they were like, oh, Death Grips, Death Grips, yeah. Oh, it was so obvious to me that that's what he was going for. But this album's really not that abrasive after New Slaves. It is. I, I thought it was going to be well, like when I first put it on and I heard on site the first track, I'm like, holy shit! But that's the most abrasive the album gets. Well, the thing is, like, it's only it's only abrasive and atonal and noisy when you compare it to Kanye's other albums and when you compare it to mainstream hip hop. If you compare it to like Death Death Grips or a band like Clipping or even like Gonja Sufi, it's ah. Eh. Say what you want, but the section of I Am a God, where Kanye just screams, and then he does that real heavy breathing, like, nobody in mainstream hip-hop has ever done something like that. Except, it's like comparable to DMX barking. Like, it's just... <laughs> like, it's just... nobody Nobody's done that. That's like... The Pixies did that on Tame, right? He's ripping off the Pixies. Kyle just had to make a Kanye Pixies uh, relation. <laughs> well, you know, they are my two... Mu- him and Frank Black are my two musical gods. Jay Mascus? Yeah, he's he's in a lower tier of God. He's uh, he's my musical angel. <laughs> he has that beautiful, long-flowing hair. <laughs> I can see that. He's never aged, Jay Mascus. I mean... He did at some point, but he's he's looked like he does now since he's been like twenty five. Yeah, at some point his hair went gray, and that's <laughs> really the only thing that ever changed. He lost weight though, like he he was sort oh, yeah. of fat a few years ago, but like when I saw him back in April, he 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 seems he seems like he's lost a lot of weight. <clears throat> but anyway, Jesus. I don't really have anything more to say. I just. There's nothing Kanye can do that I'm not gonna like at this point. I just I love I love watching the reaction to him, and I'm just I, I'm just gonna be on board with whatever he does. I've completely made peace with that. What has the reaction of like like critics like critics love it, but like his fans seem to hate it. Yeah, because I, I haven't paid attention to any of that. Like what the reaction among like his fans or like any sort of mainstream hip hop fans what their reaction has been like <clears throat> probably not good because there isn't any like <sighs> like i will admit it, i will admit it's it's not as it's it won't be accessible to a mainstream audience i mean in fact a lot of the a lot of the really positive reviews like the rolling stone review which is you know one of the ones that i read are making a big deal about how 
heavy and abrasive this album is. And like, <laughs> like I just said, it's a, like these people have never once listened to Death Grips. That's yeah. But, but I think it's cool that he's at least sort of putting out something that's pseudo Death Grips like. <laughs> I just my, my mind my mind just exploded when you said pseudo Death Grips. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that's enough about Jesus. Let's let's move into uh, what our favorite album of this year is. It's okay. so hard to edit that out. <laughs> I just took a fucking shopping bag and just. <laughs> All right. Uh, who wants to start? I'll start. Okay. Don't everybody volunteer at the same time. <laughs> I'll start. My favorite album of 2013 is a Brack Metal album from... Metal. Okay. Like Space Ghost, right? Brack Metal? Yeah. And also combines elements of post-Rauk and the Gazing Shoes... And it is called Death Heaven by the band Sunbather. Yep. Yep, that's exactly right. Is there a podcast where somebody can hear you talk about that for way too long? I think we talked about it for the correct length. Yeah, you, you guys did. I, I, I agree with that sentiment. Uh, Death Heaven Sunbather. <laughs> I love this album a lot, too. Uh which surprised me because I've never been a metal guy, and I know Mark, you're not a you're not a metal guy either. Uh, I will. I'm not. I haven't listened to it. I plan on it because you all seem to like it, but I'm not. not morally, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not morally opposed to to abrasive genres. I mean, I listen to fucking hardcore all the time and noise. Like I, I listen to fucking lightning bolt more than most human beings do. I, I'm not afraid of noisy music, but for whatever reason, I, I think it's the vocal style. I just, I cannot get into metal the same way. I, I That's something I've been thinking about lately. I'm like, I, I like other kinds of like loud and aggressive music. Why don't I like metal? Or don't never seem to when I hear it. I, I can't come up with a good answer, but Kyle's is probably as close. Your answer is probably something about around what my answer would be yeah i just i like i like the screamy vocals not the not the growling ones yeah the growling yeah that's exactly what i mean and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say across the board i know robbie's probably getting pissed that i'm saying that all metal has no. growling vocals but no, more often than not metal does have growly vocals and yeah heaven's actually no no exception to that um, as opposed to you two, I am a huge metal guy. I like pretty much, you know, every style of it besides... Well, you know, there are bands of, of significant bands of certain styles I won't listen to, but, like, I pretty much like a lot of it, you know, besides all that Viking and folk metal and, and, um, and like, a lot of metalcore, a lot of, like, radio yeah. metalcore I don't fuck with. But yeah, Deaf Heaven is, <clears throat> they really pull off one of the most just, uh, 
I mean, this album is such an emotional punch to me. And I'm speaking seriously right now. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I... I mean, I I put on Dreamhouse uh, on at work with my shitty like headphone like ear earbuds, and I straight up almost just started crying right there, and like the you know this this album it just fucking it just does that to you and it's and it, it's at at at, me, at at many points it's just extremely triumphant and hopeful and beautiful. And at other points, it's actually really unsettling. And, I mean, this al- the, there is no other album that has took me on just such a such an emotional journey as this album has this year. Is it fair to say that it's the most melodic black metal album ever released? Uh, I, I wouldn't say ever. There's, the, there's some bands that pull off melodic black metal that, that are more melodic than this, but not as effectively. Okay. Uh, this is literally the third black metal album I've ever listened to, <laughs> and uh, the other two, the other two I've listened to are really funny. Uh, like, like what? Liturgy and Liturgy and Burzum. <laughs> <laughs> so I've listened to the the guy that everyone seems to agree is the progenitor of black metal and easily the craziest person to ever make good black metal and do you remember that one time on last fm someone switched the pictures of the kanye profile with the burzum with the burzum profile it was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) say what you want about kanye but he's not that crazy oh no 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 of course not i don't i can can see the going on a fucking murdering rampage at some point and then the other the other black metal album is coming from you know, a, a band that I think is really good, but while they were while they were around, they you know, the whole hipster black metal thing really kind of took storm. They they didn't make it easy on on black metal enthusiasts to like them with the way they kind of talk and stuff. Oh, good lord! That Scion interview, whatever the hell that was. Oh my god, I watched that. <laughs> I've never listened to them, but I watched that, and that was just painful. Yeah. Okay. Okay, one the of the transcend- transcendental black metal. <laughs> uh, he, he always talk like this, like he, he never he speaks from the back of his throat. The thing about black metal that I don't really uh, appreciate all that much is that the bass is kind of it's it's there, but it's so low in the mix. It's like why the fuck do they even bother? And I I have that problem with liturgy a lot. I w- I, I would like that album so much more if there was a better low end. Yeah, I, I've mostly thought that bass is kind of a useless instrument as far as black metal goes, just for the style in general. But uh, I think um, Def Heaven on this album and and Kralis, and another black metal band, actually make really good use of, of bass. Specifically, I'm assuming you you want to talk about like the intro on Vertigo. Yes, which is one. Yeah, it's my favorite. My favorite Sorry. part of the album by far is that bass line. It's just it's fucking gorgeous, and yeah. I I love I love the way that this kind of pushes pushes genre conventions, uh, and Vertigo, the kind of the kind of chugging, I don't know anything about the actual creation of music, but it sounds like a really complex bassline, and uh, 
that combined with those screeching guitars, it's just... Every time I listen to this album, I tear up a little bit. It's just so... It's so... Uh, it's so overwhelming. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's just I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Michael Cronin. My favorite oh. my favorite album, other than other than uh, Sunbather, because I do love that probably equally, is uh, Michael Cronin's MC2. I Mark, also love this album. Yeah, Mark, you're you're a big Ty Seagal Siegel Siegel fan. Ty Siegel. Ty Siegel, I believe it's pronounced. <laughs> two two guys two guys I'm trying to talk about that I'm not sure on the pronunciation, but uh, yeah he he was he's the guitarist in Ty Siegel Band, specifically on uh, Slaughterhouse. That's what really got me interested because the guitars on that album are the are the reason that it's great more or less, just the tone and the the power and all that other fun stuff. So when I actually got this album. It was shocking just that it's it's a fucking power pop album. Yeah, absolutely. It's it has some of the just catchiest songwriting I've heard in a long time. It's kind of like uh, another Ty Siegel album, Twins, but I think way, way more effective than that album and just how how much more catchy it is and I still sort know, of like Ty Siegel's music a bit more than this. I don't know. There's something about Ty Siegel that I just like. Uh, Michael Cronin, this uh, album, it sounds sort of, sounds a lot more clean. Oh, it's uh, definitely that. Yeah, I don't know. I sort of like how crazy Ty Ty Siegel sounds. But that that said, yeah, I I totally agree that the songwriting on MC2 is really catchy. Yeah, the thing about this album for me is that Every every song has this beautiful beautiful moment where this infectious melody just overtakes me and I just smile from ear to ear. And to me, melody writing good good pop melodies is probably the hardest thing to do in music. Anybody can any, anybody can just make a lot of noise. And this album does do that sometimes. But the way the way he mixes you know this kind of punk garagey uh, aesthetic with power pop is just really compelling to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, st- I still listen to it this like more than most albums that have been released this year. Like it has more plays on my last FM than even even um, Death Heaven. Well, some of that might be that or, Death Heaven or, or has Dreamhouse. seven tracks. Oh yeah. Well, plus I don't, I don't really listen. It's hard to listen that to 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 that album to like just tracks, you know. Oh, I'm with you on that. Uh, I, I think MC2 is a pretty good example of an album where you can just take any track out and enjoy it. That is really, yeah, that's true. And I, I've Even been doing I... that. I've been doing that a lot with. Uh, shit, what's the second to last track called? Can't remember. Turn, oh, um... Turn away. Turn away. Please re- oh, I'm, I'm looking at it right oh, now. <laughs> I love that song. It's my favorite song on the album. Uh, the the way the way they kind of build up at the end. I, I guess it's I guess it's like keys or something. I'm not really sure what they use, but the instrument the instrumentation on that last song really swells. And 
and uh, Michael just keeps singing louder. And it's just this really, it's this really beautiful, cathartic moment for me. I wish the album ended there. I think that was the perfect place to end. Yeah. Though I do like, I like the last track a lot too. Yeah, that's good. I think we talked about that enough. What's your, what's your favorite album of the year, Mark? Uh, I was sort of in between two. I think the one I'm going to pick to talk about is Colin Stetson's album. What's it called? New New History Warfare Volume Three: To See More Light. Um, of course, I, I remember. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I remember loving this when it came out, but I actually haven't listened to it in a good while. But I remember really loving it, especially the 15-minute title track, which is literally yeah. saxophone the entire time. But good God, it, it's like it's like heavier than a lot of metal songs. Like heavier in a different way. It's just totally lumbering and exactly it's just for anybody it. who doesn't know probably most people do he's an experimental saxophonist plays the i think it's a bass saxophone i know yeah. nothing about saxophones so he uses, he uses other saxophones yeah he uses yeah. like the alto on some of the other yeah. songs too the main one he uses is the size of a 10 year old though so yeah <laughs> very That's true how, that's a comparison you used on the podcast a long time ago, and I appreciate that you're still using it. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I need to come hmm. up with I still haven't listened to this. No, you should. No. Man, yeah, you. I know I should. Have, have you Stop at least it. heard have you at least heard Brute that yes. song? Oh my god. That song's real crazy. It's fucking insane. It has like Justin Vernon. We talked about like barking and grunting before. That's basically yeah. what he's doing on the track. <laughs> the thing, the thing about Colin Stetson for me is, I appreciate what he's doing a lot more than I have any interest in listening to it. I, I can understand that. Uh, it, this is sort of. I'm not going to say it's completely out there music, but it's not. <laughs> not something you're going to hear every day. I'm not um, even sure you could shoehorn this into a genre. People try to call it like free jazz and stuff like that, but it's not. It's like way heavier than it seems too heavy to call it that, though. But yeah, I, I just I just love what he does cuz it's so different. Like Kyle said, I I'm more amazed at what he sort of what he does than almost the actual songs. Um like seeing seeing him perform these live, I think I got a lot more appreciation out of it, out of what he does. And I'm actually going to be seeing him again later this summer, which I'm really looking forward to. For hoping, the second time or the third time? The, this will be my second time. So I'm really hoping to I'm really hoping that he plays uh, some of the some of the tracks off this album. I doubt he'll play Brute. That sounds too. It sounds too rough. Yeah, I, I saw him <laughs> I saw him on the New History two tour and you did too. I saw him like the night before you or something. Yeah, like me well we do pretty live pretty close. You're you're up in Ontario. Yeah. Uh and yeah, uh that what he does to me, how he it's it's so much about endurance. Uh I don't know where he I don't know if his lungs are literally his entire body, but watching him watching him perform are 
watching him perform and listening to the songs are com- two completely different things for me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he actually, like, I don't know where I heard this. I think he, like, runs however many, however long every day, and he's just, like, an incredible, like, he's just incredibly physically fit, and I guess you have to be to do what he does. Um, but, yeah, this album, the songs are just, like, Robbie talked about, Death Heaven, he felt it was so emotional, and that's what I get out of a lot of these songs. Would you say this album's more accessible than his older stuff? Or uh, somewhat. <laughs> it's still hard to say. It's uh, maybe maybe more so than his other stuff, but uh, it's still not. That's in relative terms. Yeah. Yeah. If we're talking in absolute terms, I'd say no. He's nominated for the Polaris Prize with this album, right? Yeah. New History Warfare yeah. 2 got shortlisted, so I'm hoping this one does too. Yeah, I'm I'm really rooting for either either him or Godspeed You Black Emperor this year. Same as me. Godspeed would be pretty cool to see them win, but at this... Well, you know, they're, they, they weren't really making music when this first existed, I guess, so... They weren't. The first one was in 2006, so they were... On some on some levels, it'll be like kind of Feist uh, career achievement prize last year. Yeah, but Alleluia is a better album than, than the last Feist album, though. Yeah, Metal's kind of sucked dick. I'm just going to say it. I, I agree. <laughs> uh, I might edit that out. <laughs> that sounded harsher than I wanted it to. <laughs> There's like one song I like on it. I saw Feist. <laughs> I saw Feist played before Broken Social Scene a few weeks ago. Did she also play with them? Yeah. She did, like... Like, they did almost crimes with her, and... Fuck, it was awesome. I'm really, I'm really jealous that you got to see that. It was, like... Seriously, almost everybody who's ever been in Broken Social Scene was there. And that's probably... That's not something that will probably ever happen again. So I'm really fortunate to have seen it. Okay, uh, speaking of Canada... <laughs> Segway! Segway! Let's talk about this shit in Calgary. Like, the entire downtown area is covered in water. Yeah. Pictures look... Uh, I've never been to Calgary. Well, I've been to the airport in Calgary, and that's it. But That counts. That's close enough. Not I've really. Never... <laughs> airports, <laughs> airports are like a completely separate city themselves. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, their entire the entire downtown core is covered in water, and the thing that's really depressing me about this whole thing is nobody in the United States seems to care. Like, I don't even think CNN mentioned this. <laughs> well, I don't trust CNN to mention anything. Of relevance. Well, you know what I mean, but if this was an American city, people wouldn't stop talking about it. But because it's our adorable neighbors to the north, nobody really cares. You're so cute. They think it should be snowing up here. (laughs) Rain, what? (laughs) Water water isn't solid in Canada? (laughs) People say the same thing about Buffalo, so I, I know how that is. Everyone <laughs> just think it's everyone just thinks it snows here twenty or uh, 
24 hours a day, 365. And in reality, it was like 87 here today, which means nothing to Mark because he uses weird Canadian I, numbers. I don't understand what that means. Is that like... Here it's, it was like... It's, it's probably like high 20s in Canada. Really? Because here it was like 38 with like the humid X. See, I don't... Then I have no idea. <laughs> it's hilarious how... It's just hilarious how we have no concept. <laughs> it should be an easy thing to understand. And this is kind of this is a discussion that's kind of not within the scope of the blog at all. But since Robbie did a movie podcast yesterday, I figured we might as well do this. Uh, their their uh, arena, the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, has water up to the what, what did they say ninth ninth row? Uh I heard 14th somewhere. Yeah, those were what the report said, but they had a press conference yesterday where they said oh, it was yeah. like almost to the ninth. Jeez. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear any of that. But yeah, it's it's high. So their entire their entire facility almost like almost halfway filled with water, and the locker rooms, all the all the electronics for the jumbotron. Not the jumbotron itself. It's it's going to be a lot of money to actually restore that building. It'll be man, I can't even imagine how much that would cost. He, they said it's just a total loss for everything that was underwater, pretty much. Uh, I know it's Canada, but what what kind of market is Calgary? Uh, are they the kind that's that will travel uh, six hours to? Uh, to another city to go watch their team? Uh, there will be some people, I bet you, anything that will. The closest... Uh, there's lots of talk, maybe if the arena isn't ready, that maybe they'd play out of Edmonton. See, is, I, I heard Saskatoon, which is six hours away. Saskatoon. I was, I was there just a month ago for the Memorial Cup in Saskatoon, and I think that arena seats around 16,000. So it's a, it's a, it's also a possibility. It's a, it's a nice <laughs> but all right, I'm going to engage Robbie in the conversation. What 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 is hockey support like in LA since the since the Kings won the uh, Stanley Cup, Robbie? It was pretty insane that day. It oh, man, it was just it was it, it was quite it, it was easily the most hockey the, the the biggest display of hockey fandom I have seen in my entire life living as a Southern Californian. Um, too bad that didn't happen this year, but um, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, let's keep let's keep uh, let's keep taking the cup away from Canada, which hasn't won in twenty five years now. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care about that. Nobody. Or it's twenty, actually, right? It's nine. Yeah, twenty years. I don't think uh, any. I don't think there are a lot of people here that care about about that. I don't. No, really. The the image in my head is whenever whenever uh, whenever a Canadian team gets eliminated, that a Canadian naturally just sheds a few tears. There are some, but I mean, there are so many, like... You guys don't band together. You guys don't be like, oh, well, I guess uh, we're rooting for Montreal now. There are some times. I'm pro- I probably just don't feel like that anymore because I'm 
I sort of just don't care who wins. It's, yeah, I'm. I mostly don't care either, to be completely honest with you. I'm just like, oh yeah, that would be nice as long as it's not Toronto. My only rooting interest is to is for Boston to lose. So, you know. All right, we we tried to shoehorn a hockey pot, a hockey talk into this, and it's clearly not working. <laughs> this podcast is going real wrong. Uh, so let's move into uh. TV and uh, Dan Harmon Dan Harmon and his comments about season four after watching it. Wait, we stopped talking about Jesus? Yeah, we did. Oh. Now he has still he has apologized for this, which is really uh Bullshit. <laughs> no, technically he, he's apologized. He was right. I mean He was right. Come on. Don't apologize for saying the sky is blue. Uh, okay, I'm trying to find the quotes here, and I'm failing horribly. You posted them in the TV thread. You're right, I did. Look, my my favorite quote out of the whole thing, and thankfully it's on this article, so I can read it for you. Thank God. Um, there's a system in place that's winning. I and other writers would have had too much leverage... Too much power, too much salary going into season four. So they replaced us with two guys who didn't know what they were getting into. They went to Comic-Con and saw what was going on with community fans. People dressed as spacemen and bananas and shit, going, holy shit, I cut myself every night and watched community and then went, fuck. <laughs> and then and then, then I think they tried their best. Uh, he, and he also said, um, writers fighting other writers is the fucking American dream in the eyes of Sony. That is what they want. They want creative people rewriting each other. They want creative people replacing each other. They want us interchangeable. They want to think. Uh, they want to think about writing the way they think about the guy in the assembly line twenty-four that puts the final screw in the fucking PlayStation. They want to think about us all that way. And I shouldn't even say they because it's an it. It's a fucking machine. There's not a single person that works for that at that corporation that isn't also thought of like that, like that by the fucking Skynet. I have no clue what he's talking about with the Skynet, but... Terminator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I probably iterated that horribly, but you get the gist of what he's saying. He's mad. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's pretty pissed. Well, I mean, if you watch something that you worked so hard on and it was just terrible, you could see you could see how that would get him upset. Oh, totally. Even if it's not, even if it's not terrible, even if it's just not what you had envisioned, I'd probably be upset myself one of the things he talked about being really upset was uh upset with is uh he wanted bill murray to play jeff winger's dad oh my god God, that would have been amazing oh my god (laughs) he also uh he called he called him to talk about it before he even got his job back like while he's unemployed he just called he called bill murray and left a message on his machine saying (laughs) <laughs> I want to talk to you about community. Fuck, that would be awesome. He talked about it on this podcast. Can I read another quote? There's, sure. there's just so many great ones. There's something awesome about having any and all of those preconceived notions kind of ripped away from you. It's exciting. There's something awesome about being held down and watching a family get raped on a beach. It's liberating. It makes you focus on what's important. See, that's that's the quote that he's really apologizing for. I think the re- I think I think the the retard stuff is a little worse than that. 
Yeah, you mean where he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm Dan Harmon. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. But in reality, that's kind of what season four of Community is. It's <laughs> pretty much. It's two guys. It's two guys trying to emulate what he did, and the problem I had with it is it just didn't feel authentic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the two or three episodes I saw, it it, it really just seemed so. <sighs> yeah, it, it seemed it seemed it seemed like a like guys that know what Dan Harmon's all about, but so don't have the talent that Dan Harmon is and so aren't good at imitating that, you know, or replicating yeah. that or just reproducing it. And I'm kind of... The, the, this, this is sort of another topic that really related to community I sort of want to talk about. Like, so, okay, some somewhat spoiler alert, at the end of season four, um, Jeff and Chevy Chase graduate. Chevy Chase, he's gone. Whatever. Who cares? But are they going to have a season four without Jeff? Or is Dan Harmon... I hope this is what he does. I hope he just says fuck you to continuity altogether and just makes the season four that he would have made sans Chevy Chase. He's already talked about this, and he he really can't do that. Uh, I, I assume so. Uh... <laughs> He talked about like actually setting it up at the he 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 talked about actually thinking this at the end of season three. Well, I should really end season three with them all in the dreamatorium. So if I get fired in season four and in the odd situation where I'm brought back for season five, <laughs> make it all a dream. I can just make it all a dream. He actually he he claims that he actually thought about doing this before he was fired. <laughs> well, which would make him make him a genius. But the the fact of the matter is he didn't do that, and if he if he tried, I don't think it's the right move. If he tried to, uh, if he tried to just remake season four and say those guys fucked up, I can do it better. He he should he should have all that all those storylines be canon, and just make fun of season four. That that's the right way to do it. You see, I don't want him to make all the storylines canon because that means I'm going to have to watch season four. And I'm not prepared to do that. Well, it, So I think my idea is a little better than his. He, he already talked about it, and that's what he's doing. So you need to watch season four. I disagree. <laughs> uh, None of us are happy about having to watch season four, but we all have to do it. I'm still not yeah. going to. I'm just going to fill it up in my mind, pretty much. Like, <laughs> oh, I assume this is what happened. It'd be funny if they recast Pierce. <laughs> Fred Willard. <laughs> Fred Willard did play him. Yeah. I want I want to see Fred Willard on TV just period. Like that'd be great. Yeah. Uh What do we have left to talk about? Uh, video games. Two guys <laughs> don't don't play oh, games. You were talking about that one the one thing where like you like things that are just broken and yeah. not good. Okay, so I've been playing. I've been playing State of Decay, which is a open world sandbox uh, survival zombies game. Okay, they drop you. They drop you into a world as two characters. They give you almost no backstory, and the the basic object of the game is just to survive. You you go looting through these open world towns. And find houses to shore up with, shore up, and you, you, uh, you 
you recruit other survivors and you go on missions and kind of a Grand Theft Auto style thing. Uh, it's it sounds real great, right? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds pretty great. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Yay. Okay, and here's the thing. I love everything about the concept of this game unilaterally. The there's there's uh the the concept here is there's persistent persistent world gameplay like uh if you if you try to recruit survivors it'll take twenty four hours or that that's not a specific example, but things take time and it takes real time. So if something takes twenty four hours to accomplish, you turn off your console and you turn it back on twenty four hours later, that task is complete. Okay? Interesting. Okay. Uh, the problem is the game is kind of garbage. It, <laughs> it plays terrible. It runs at a horrible frame rate. Uh, it glitches constantly. Like, there's this one real fucked up glitch where you complete a mission and you have to drive uh, the person you're with back to your uh, home. And uh, once you get out of the car, once you park and get out of your car, uh, they just start running in the opposite direction of your house forever. <laughs> and you can't ever complete that mission. <laughs> Eventually, they just run so far that you fail. <laughs> All right. It's, it's not only that, but, like, the weapons, the weapons last, like, five minutes, some of them. Uh, the combat is janky and real animation priority. Like you try to you try to hit somebody and uh, the animation takes so long that you can't dodge enemies attacking you. So it's real. Well. It's really kind of fucked up. But at the same time, I, I love it. I can't stop playing it, and I don't understand why. So I was kind of wondering if you guys have any experiences with things that are really fucked up and kind of bad, but you love them anyway. I'm a Washington Capitals fan. <laughs> okay, like, all right, we we talked about this before the podcast. Um, you, Kyle, you gave your opinion on it. I didn't... I gave, like, part of my opinion on it. I liked That's My Boy. I laughed, like, most of the time. I feel like I'm, I need to be completely ashamed of this, but I feel like with what Adam Sandler does with his movies, which is basically takes every misfit and every sort of everything that isn't a straight white male and goes, ha, I think there's a way to do that in sort of a creative and subversive way. Adam Sandler does not do that. In fact, I'm pretty sure he doesn't even intend to. However, I still thought it was funny. My question about That's My Boy specifically is, are the jokes in Happy Gilmore and uh, Billy Madison really that much mature or better? Or is it just kind of a case of diminishing returns? Where we've seen him do this kind of fish out of water comedy so many times that we just we universally think it's terrible now i think a, it, there's definitely a case of diminishing returns but 
If you put on Happy Gilmore, I will sit and I will laugh at every fucking thing. I love Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore is great, and no one will ever convince me wrong. Convince me that I'm wrong. No, you, I. You know what? You, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I won't. And Billy Madison is too. Like when they, uh, the 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 throwaway line that I really love is uh, where his teacher is like. Who would eat thirty bagged lunches? And they cut to Norm Macdonald and Chris Farley eating all the school to kids' lunches. <laughs> I love Steve Buscemi's random ass cameo in that movie. Do you remember that? Like he was uh, calling all the people that he bullied in high school or, oh, or whatever. Yeah, he's actually in the movie a few times. I'm not sure you could. It's a small part. I'm not sure you could call it a cameo. Because oh. oh, well. at the end, remember when he like. He comes into the into the auditorium uh, where they're having the contest, and he does something oh, yeah. that gets Darren McGavin to stop, but I can't remember. Does he shoot him? <laughs> that, something something like that. I, I vaguely remember a gun. He does something involved. like killing him in cold blood, but probably not that. But like, listen, I've I've been subjected to much of Adam Sandler's recent movies, and I've hated most of them. Like if like I I had to sit through Grown Ups and I would oh god I I wanted to blow my brains out I, I saw mean, a trailer for Grown Ups two yesterday what <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. oh god we Chris Rock talk, please we kind of talked about this but it's so frustrating when you go to a movie and people laugh at the dumbest shit like there was a trailer for a Kevin Hart thing like a documentary yeah I saw that too Stumper. yeah I'm sure you saw the same trailers. And people are just losing their shit to these dumb Kevin Hart jokes. <laughs> and I just I don't understand the common man. You just stand up and yell at them. I don't. I just I purposely sit in the back row so nobody can see me shaking their my head at them. But like, uh, I don't know. There's a way to do stupid Adam Sandler humor. That works for me, and for some reason, that's my boy. Hit that spot, you know. I never saw the end of it, so I'll I'll, I'll just have to take your word for it. <laughs> I don't intend on buying that hot DVD. <laughs> <laughs> that hot DVD. Yeah, that hot DVD release of That's My Boy. Why is it a hot DVD release? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, because Adam Sandler is a, a great example for me of liking things that are kind of bad. Like, uh, the, the one example in his actual catalog is uh, Eight Crazy Nights. That I love Eight Crazy Nights so much. It's so bad. Uh, I, don't, I love it so Me and you would agree that it's kind of bad, but I love it. Like, I watch that every Christmas. Like, it's just That's... the most crude thing like south park if it was just all the crude jokes and not all the political satire i mean i haven't seen it in years but i remember liking it yeah what about you mark do you like anything that are universally considered terrible because we're, we're running up an hour 20 minutes here and i know i know i'll be lucky to actually get a good hour out of this okay huh. yeah take that sweet time <laughs> I am, I am. Don't worry. <laughs> That's tough. I told you I'm a Washington Capitals fan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't. That's not what I'm talking about. You talked about lighting the Mighty Ducks earlier. 
Oh, I love the Mighty Ducks. That's more for, like, childhood nostalgia. That's part of my love for Adam Sandler, too. Like, they're pretty... Those Mighty Ducks movies are terrible. Yeah. They're so so dumb. (laughs) They're so stupid. Almost as much... Almost as bad as the team! I'm just kidding. It's actually a good team. Hey, they got... Yeah, they are. I refuse to I refuse to completely say that as a Kings fan, but yeah, sure. But those movies just like the for one the hockey gameplay is terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, it's real bad. It's horrible. Like there, there's a sliding scale between uh the Mighty Ducks and, and Miracle uh, and Miracle and the Mighty yeah. Ducks is the lower end of that scale. Like it's, the worst, it's the worst sports action in a movie ever. <laughs> no. Okay, this reminds me. This this isn't hockey. This is a different sport. But um, me and my friend, we were watching the NBA, the, the last, um, the, the game seven of the NBA finals. And out of fucking nowhere, he says, there are a lot of fouls that don't get called in Space Jam. <laughs> He's right. He's right. <laughs> He's most what? definitely right. I've 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 I saw that movie like 15, 10 years ago when it, whatever the hell it was, but I I'm sure there is. Isn't the referee that rooster though? Like I'm pretty sure the referee was the grandma. Oh yeah, that's right. She oh. can't see anything. Space Jam explained that away. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's that's pretty good. Space Jam's narrative is is rock solid. You can't find faults in it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, mighty the dumbest thing I think about the Mighty Ducks now that I think of it is in the second one, when uh, I can't remember who played the character. Uh, it was a kid just in the stands that kept chirping the team, telling them they couldn't play. Yeah, uh, it's. It's uh, Keenan Thompson. Yeah, it was Keenan Thompson. <laughs> Keenan Thompson. And yeah. he's just, they're like Team team USA, and he's just chirping them the whole time. <laughs> and then they just end up getting him out of the stands to play for them. Well, what happens is they, they go to a pickup game, and he shows them the knuckle puck. <laughs> which does not work in real life, by the way. No, it doesn't. You shoot a puck up on end like that, it's either... You can't control it. It's it, either... It flutters to nowhere. <laughs> oh my... The, the whole thing's just so you're, dumb. You're just as likely to shoot it out of the out of the stands if you try to do that in real life. It's completely pointless. Anyway, did, did, yeah. Did any, of you, did any of you ever see the, the Saturday morning cartoon, The Mighty Ducks? No, I think I... When they were actual ducks? <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna post a link Con- to a... Wait, wait, Charlie Conway was a duck. Wait, do they have the same characters? I'm assuming not, but here, here, I'll put it. I'll put it in the chat box. A picture. <laughs> <laughs> Why are their heads so small? <laughs> I have no idea. They're ducks. <laughs> How absurd is it that uh, Disney actually bought an expansion team in the NHL and named them after their movie? 
It's and crazy it, now that I think about it. And that it took like 20 years for them to just change their name to the Anaheim Ducks. And um, and how? Anaheim in general just has the worst names for their teams. Like the, Los the Anaheim Angels, Los Angeles Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Los Angeles. It's oh. the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. That's such oh, a God. dumb name. That's not even among the first reasons why I hate the Angels, but you know that's um, that's among them. I, I don't know geog- I don't know geography well. How far away from Anaheim is Los Angeles? Well, Where I don't live in Los. I, well, I don't live in Los Angeles. It's about it's like thirty minutes out from Los Angeles, but I, I don't live in Los Angeles. I I live in Fullerton. Fullerton is five minutes from Anaheim. I'm like right next to it. So really, I should be all gung ho about both of the teams there, but I don't like either of them. You actually do live closer to, to the Ducks. Yeah, yeah, I do actually. Where do the Angels play? Like, where do they actually play? Which Angel city? Stadium, Anaheim. Okay. They, they they're live of, in, they play they're in Anaheim. of Anaheim. What? Yeah. They're, yeah, yeah, they're the angels of Anaheim, Mark. Come on. And, and there's no there's no reason to tag the Los Angeles thing there because they're not even in Los Angeles County. Of course of course they aren't. I mean, just I'm sorry, that that that, that pisses me off to no fucking end. Just a stupid name, like <laughs> Okay, let's let's do let's do uh yep, yeah, let's go yeah, through please. the history of their of their names here. This should be good. 1961, they came into the league as the Los Angeles Angels. They were the, they were that until 1964. Wait, were they in Anaheim at the time? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Uh, it's too hard to tell from Wikipedia. Then in 1965, they became the California Angels. All the way until 1996. Wow. From 1997 to 2004... They were known as the Anaheim Angels, and they did indeed play in Anaheim. Good. And then in 2005, they changed their name while not moving to a new stadium to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. It's like it's the most nonsensical thing I've ever heard in my life. Just is there is there a name for any sports team in the world? That is more convoluted than this. <laughs> not not only that, but they've been playing in the same stadium since 1966. <laughs> all of those... In the same city, which is Anaheim. Not even like, not even close to LA. Like, not even the same fucking county. They just needed I... to put LA in the name so movie stars would go to the game. It's just crazy. They've been playing in the same. They've been playing in the same stadium for almost 50 years. And they decided to name themselves four different things in that time span. I would not be nearly as pissed about this if I was not an OC resident, but I am. So I kind of take it as a shame on me a little (laughs) bit. Like, uh, fuck the Angels. Do they have any other teams, or is it just the baseball and hockey team? Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much just that. As far as major league teams go, yeah. It says they have a team in the PASL soccer league. Oh well, I don't fucking follow soccer. Soccer. Trying to find out what they are known as, just to see if this makes any sense. Speaking of which, Glendale, Arizona has two teams in that league. 
soccer must be real big there. Really? I guess. Unlike hockey. Oh. <laughs> you do not, speaking of hockey, you just do not want to be uh, the NHL scheduler right now with Glendale being this huge clusterfuck and they might need to relocate to either Seattle or Quebec. Quebec City, although it looks like it's going to be Seattle if that happens. And and the whole Calgary thing. And also Calgary might not be able to play in Calgary at the same time 29 NHL teams have to like flights and hotels. (laughs) So yeah, it's it's just a huge mess. I'm looking up stupid professional sports team names now. This is this is what I'm doing now. Well, let's 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 start with another DC team, uh, the Washington Redskins. What about them? How many other pro sports teams are named after a slur? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Fuck that's me. true. Like I mean, it, it seems like they just needed a variation on Native American. Because like why? I don't know. Yeah, they should be known as the Washington Native Americans. <laughs> no, but the owner the owner has said repeatedly they're never changing their name, which is really disappointing because... It's really arrogant. That's what yeah. it is. They have had that name for their entire existence, more or less. Uh, Nine, uh, since... 1933. Oh, 1933. Okay. They were in Boston. They were called the Boston Redskins. But yeah, they've since 1933, they've been named that. I understand at some point it's tradition, but the reason you've had that name for so long was because in 1933 it was okay to have a pro sports team named after a fucking racial slur. But it kind of not is we're not we're no longer in the era of coon songs, and you should really uh should really change that. DC. Hey, I I do I I, I gotta get going pretty soon because for things. So. Okay. Uh, real quick, I just want to mention Washington actually did change the name of its sports team, right? They were the the Washington Bullets, right? Changed yeah, the to the Wizards. Oh. And this has been uh, everything podcast. Where we talk about absolutely nothing and somehow everything at the same time. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. You guys have anything else? They used to be called the Chicago Zephyrs. That's a much more interesting name. Or no, the Chicago Zephyrs went back when they were in Chicago. Who did? The the, the, the Washington Wizards. Oh. Oh. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that's all I have to say. All right, well, this has been the most uneven and probably difficult podcast to edit ever, so... (laughs) Good luck! Remind me to, next time we do this, to have one person with a less passive personality on this. Goodbye, everyone. None of us are great conversators, like... Well, we are, but I I personally need somebody to tell me what to talk about, and when I'm the person to tell other people what to talk about, it's just a big fucking thing, right? Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. I stopped. I'm still recording. There's no reason I just stopped recording.
I had a I had a communications professor in my first my first my first uh, semester, and we watched South Park all the time, and he found a way to make it relevant. He just showed the trapped in the closet episode. No. He um, well I remember I remember one time we watched the Woodland Critter Christmas episode, but that wasn't canon. That was just for, for the fuck of it. <laughs> that is also think... the best episode of South Park. No. Do you, think, do you think he came up with lesson plans and then found an episode of South Park, or took an episode of South Park and then made the lesson? <laughs> I I'm betting you it's the it's the former or the latter. I mean. <laughs> What's your favorite South Park episode, Kyle? Oh, it's... Come on, it's Scott Tennerman Must Die. You have to be a crazy person to say anything else. It's up there. Dude, he... Cartman makes makes Scott Tennerman eat his parents. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm right about this. People voted. (laughs) People voted. Fucking so... (laughs) I'm right. People voted. Yeah. Everyone else agrees with me. Everyone else agrees with me. It's true. So. Everyone agrees that. You can't argue with facts, Robbie. Hitler killed six million Jews. <laughs> debate. What? Debate me. Hitler <laughs> killed six million Jews. <laughs> uh, uh, people that... also like ketchup, and they're wrong. What? D- do you not like ketchup? No, I fucking hate ketchup. What the fuck? <laughs> is it, that, that is pretty fucked up. Is it true in Canada that people eat fries with salt and vinegar instead of ketchup? Oh, yeah, I, I'll put vinegar. Uh, I don't often, but I would put vinegar on my fries sometimes. That sounds way better than, like, tomato sauce filled with sugar. Yeah, but it, the thing is, isn't ketchup, like, way, isn't it used a lot less than it is here? In general, Mark. I don't know. We put ketchup. I put ketchup on like. Well, what do you use ketchup, ketchup for? I put it on like anything. I put it on the hot dogs and hamburgers. It's literally it. Well, hot dogs. I put it on my shit. Yep. It's a funny prank. Hot dogs, hamburgers, fries. Shit. I don't. <laughs> shit. You ever just? It'd be pretty funny if you just uh, squirted a bunch of ketchup into a bowl with a bowl of shit and just let somebody walk in. (laughs) (laughs) There's a bowl of shit with ketchup all over it. Well, I mean, the connotation is that you just had a bloody, you had a bloody bowel movement, (laughs) anything of it, and just left it there for somebody else to find it. I'm going to do that at work. What is this bloody bowel movement doing in my bowl? I'm just confused (laughs) as to... Why we're having this? Weren't we talking about Jesus? Yeah, like two hours ago. <laughs> you brought it up. We were talking about ketchup. What? Why ketchup? Because I don't know. Scott Tedman must die as the best South Park episode. It's true. And everyone, and everyone who everyone agrees disagrees is 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 wrong, including yeah. Kyle. Yep. But no, I, I think that is the best episode. So no, you didn't say that. Except they literally did. No, you, no, no. You know what we should do? We should just no. When we're recording these podcasts, no. we should literally just no. Hey, welcome to the Speakers and Screens podcast. What do you guys want to talk about? Oh, that's the episode. And then just talk like this for an hour and a half <laughs> and release that. <laughs> that would be fine. This is infinitely better than anything we talked about. 
probably. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's good. Yeah, I'm just saying it's better. I would enjoy listening to it because, like, I don't talk to anyone all day, so I could just put my headphones on. I could feel like I could feel like there's a conversation going no, I on. I feel like I feel like I I feel like I kind of did my part in ruining the the podcast by talking like an insane person most of the time. Like, hi everyone, uh, my name is Robert, and da 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 da. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a deaf heaven. La la la. Jesus. Yay. Actually, never mind. I probably made it better. Yeah. Uh, that was probably that was probably better than what you said. 